online on your smartphone or on your favorite podcast app. This is the JJC Podcast Experience. Hello to you if you're joining me today on this podcast. I am your host Super Judge and today we're going to be talking about my story living a value-driven lifestyle and a breakdown of the six most potent books a teenager can read. Stay tuned for more. We are here to fight for change in our city. We are the Johannesburg Junior Council. So to start off, let's just say who am I? Because I realize I've been doing so many podcasts, but I haven't even introduced myself. So, um, my name is Sipo. I'm 17. And, yeah, I'm very passionate about a lot of things. I don't even think I can list them all. But, especially stuff like black consciousness. I'm very passionate about technology, about science. I'm very nerdy. I read like four books a month. So, um, that's me. And yeah, so my va- uh, um, what are my values? Well, I've been taught respect, whether it be respecting women, whether it be respecting my elders. I've just been taught to be a respectful human being and also not to talk down on anybody. Everybody's opinion is always important and to listen, to seek first to understand before seeking to be understood. Those are my values. And um, obviously, um, I'm, okay, I'm a Christian, so I also have Christian values. Um, my goals for the future, I want to hopefully be an aerospace engineer. Not hopefully, I will be an aerospace engineer, and that's like they build rockets and stuff. I know, it's totally cool. It's awesome. Yeah, so they build rockets, they build satellites, they build, you know, spacecraft and stuff, aerospace engineers. And a mechanical engineer, I don't know, I'm still trying to tussle between the two, but I really love space and I really love technology. So I know I want to have a tech startup one day. The JJC Podcast Experience. Bringing you the content, the stories and the insights. We aspire to empower the voice of the unheard. Now, as I said, I read four books like a month, so I, I'm very knowledgeable on a lot of issues. So I'm just going to be talking about the books that I think teenagers need to be reading. The first book I'm going to talk about is Take Adjacent. It's written by Mushambi Muduma. And it talks about leveraging technology for business in an African perspective. And it just shows you how innovative Africans are. And one of the amazing quotes from it is, it's the... It's the law of problems, it's the law of life that problems arise when the conditions are there for their solutions. So that's what Walter Sassoudi said, I believe, and that is just so true for me especially. And like that's what, I think that's so powerful. That's, that's such a powerful quote, I think I might even put it on my wall. And he talks about African companies like Reach Robotics, I think it's in Nigeria, that sold... 500 robots to Apple for 7.5 million and actually obtained VC funding to the tune of 10 million USD. So they did, they, I don't know if they're still doing well, but they, yeah, that's just really amazing. And it talks about, um, um, I think a zipline. 
yeah, it's Zipline is a medical drone center in Rwanda and it delivers medical supplies. So it just talks about African businesses and how you can leverage technology. It talks about disruption, talks about innovation, invention, and the difference between the two. And, it, and like the way Mushami Mutuma explains disruption is he says it's like when Mike Tyson knocks you out. That's what disruption is. And it, it, there's even a quote that everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. So I think it's just so interesting. Um, that if you have a business, you must be expectant of disruption. And if you don't disrupt the industry, someone else will disrupt it for you. So that was a nice book. The second book I'll talk about is How to Turn Down a Billion Dollars. And this book is about the founding of Snapchat between Ivan Spiegel, the co-founders were Ivan Spiegel, Reggie Brown, and Bobby Murphy. If I, if I remember cor- correct, Ivan Spiegel was like more the designer, and then um, Bobby Murphy was like, he was the, the technical genius. He wrote the code and Reggie Brown, he came up with the idea. So that's how the three of them contributed. And it just started like in this guy's like mom's kitchen, literally. And it grew up into a conglomerate that it is today. So it's just very interesting to see how Snapchat went from being like nothing to being like this crazy thing. And when you looked at like, I think they said the, retrench- the retrenchment rate, I think. Um, yeah, retrenchment rates, if that's what it's called, but like how likely people are to return to return for a second time after using the application for the first time. Um, Facebook's was 90%, I believe. Snapchat was 60%, which is really good also, and that's why I was able to succeed so far. And then, oh yeah, um, Facebook also tried to acquire Snapchat, um, but yeah, even people said no. And they tried to compete with them, but Snapchat just had like a unique feel to it and people just loved it. Um, and then now I'm going to talk about Lift As You Rise. It talks about Bunang Mohali. He's like a business leader. And the name gives it away. You must lift as you rise, you know. And he, 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 it's like he shares his thoughts on many issues. He talks about gender equality. It's really amazing. He talks about... Um, about um, what do you call it? Reform. He says that um, that black people have been systematically excluded because of their race. It's very interesting. I think you should go read it, especially as a young upcoming South African. And one of the things he says is, "Don't let the sun shine in your mouth while you're still sleeping." Meaning, like you need to be working hard. You know, you need to. You can't be sleeping during the day. You know, you need to. Be on your grind. That's what I took from it, you know. And also, don't be lazy. You need to wake up early, get a good start to your day. And that's how I took that. And also, one of his other quotes is, Behold the tortoise. It only... Yeah, tortoise or turtle. I don't think it was tortoise. So he said, Behold the tortoise. It only makes progress when its neck is, is stuck out. And for me, that's so... It's, a, it's like, for me, I think that's the best quote from the book. Because... When a turtle's neck is stuck out, that's when it's at its most vulnerable. But what's funny is when it's at its most vulnerable, that's where it makes the most progress in life. That's where it makes like the most progress. So also us in our lives, when we are at our most vulnerable, when we put ourselves out there and when we put ourselves in danger, you know, when when when, when we take that risk, that is when we're making no progress. You can't just play life safe. You know, the whole time. Sometimes you need to take that risk. 
Just like the tortoise, it takes a risk by putting out its head, but it's making progress. So that's what I got from it, and I'll definitely read that. Next book that I'll talk about is a storyteller's secret, and and this talks about how to like make the perfect speech, and and like how to become a good public speaker. And one of the recurring things that they said there is that um, um, storytellers are made, not born. So nobody's born being a good storyteller. Yes, you might be born extroverted, but Telling a good story, selling a product is something that you learn, something that you taught, you know. And it just looks at all these great storytellers from Steve Jobs, where instead of saying that um, this iPod um, has a gig memory, where that's very abstract, you can't, very, you can't visualize a gig, but you would rather say that this iPod is a thousand songs in your hand. Now, can you see the difference? Now you can visualize what you're saying. It's things like that that makes... A speech good you know and it talks about using humor in speeches it's really good it talks about martin luther king his i had a dream speech that actually there was a lady um he, he talked about a dream in his previous speech and the lady in the front row said tell us about your dream and then the years of public speaking that martin luther um had like um had had gained the years the years worth of experience of public speaking kicked in, you know, because he was a preacher, so he, he was accumulating all of this, you know, talents in terms of um, public speaking. It kicked in, and then from the top, he started talking about how he had the dream, and now it's like, it's such a famous speech, but because he had taken the time to master, to, to master the task of public speaking, he actually like was able to deliver one of the most powerful and memorable speeches in the history of mankind. Um, the fourth book I'll talk about is That Will Never Work by Mark Randolph. He actually is one of the co-founders of um, Netflix along with Reed Hastings. And um, so it just talks about Netflix. When Netflix started off, you know, they were a CD company. So like the DVD, um, no, no, they were a DVD company, they were a DVD company, and people were used to using, like, those bricky type of tapes, I forgot the name now, but anyway, so they, they anticipated that CDs were going to blow up, and they created a system where they could mail CDs um, to people, and then, yeah, then they created the famous subscription model, where you pay once off and you get unlimited amounts of CDs per month, and they ended up defeating like the giant Blockbuster, which was their main competitor. And at that time, Blockbuster was literally like turning over money, like they were making like lots of money. And Netflix at that time was hemorrhaging money, they were losing lots of money. But at the end, it, it ended well, and Netflix succeeded. And now, as we know, they, they went into digital, um, digital, the digital movies. And it just talks about like succeeding and like the... The process of Netflix going from nothing to something is very interesting. I'd read it if I were you. And um, I think one of the most emotional parts that I read, I think there's, there's two parts that are emotional. The one emotional part of that book was when they had to let go of hundreds of workers Netflix, like they had to cut down on their workforce. And I think it's, it's, it's so real because as an entrepreneur, 
it's not just you who you have to think about. It's your employees. And these they had to give away people's jobs that were working hard to make Netflix succeed. But now they had to make the decision to let people go. And it's, it's difficult because they, like the way he explained it is, imagine if you know there's a woman who, let's say, is a secretary and you can give away her job easily, but at the same time, you know that her child is relying on her income, you know? So what do you do? So difficult choices like that that they had to make. For me, it's, it's it, like, it, it's stuck. It stuck with me. And, and another emotional part of that book was when the IPO, initial public offering, and this was when a private company just goes public. So he was talking about how, like, after, you know, years of hard work, it's, it's like... It's like your baby's birthday, you know? Like, now finally the company was going public and explained, like, how you're so overwhelmed of all his hard work was now paying off. And I think that was just, like, a beautiful scene in the book, you know, just to see the reward, at the light at the end of the tunnel, you know? And then the last book I'll talk about is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. This is one of the best books I've actually read, you know? It was actually, like, one of the first books I read. I was like, Mom, please, like, I, I know you have this book, and I please read it. She gave it to me, and it was amazing. It talks about um, mastery of a self, mastering yourself, you know? And it talks about um, not prioritizing your schedule, but scheduling your priorities. It talks about the product and product capability balance. So there's a story of a golden, uh, of a goose that would... That would um, it would excrete golden like 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 golden eggs, right? So the farmer every single day he he would wake up and the goose has pooped out a golden egg. So then one day, like he just got tired of waiting day after day for the egg, and he said, "You know what? Let me just chop this goose open and take all the golden um eggs." Then he did that, and then <laughs> there's no golden eggs inside, and now he just killed. The, the goose. So it talks about the product, the egg, and the product capability, the goose. And it talks about the balance between the two, how both are important. So you can apply this to many situations in life. Like if you are an employer, you must focus on the product you're selling, but at the same time, you must focus on your employees who are actually producing the product, the product capability, in other words. So it has many applications. And it talks about seeking first to understand, like I said earlier, before seeking to be understood. It talks about being proactive, so acting on life before rather than waiting for life to act on you. And as it talks about, oh, there's a lot of things that this book talk, talks about. It talks about, um, it talks about, it talks about um, prioritizing your tasks. So prioritizing tasks that are um, in terms of urgency and how important they are. And the sweet spot is to focus on tasks that are not urgent but that are important. Because if you do that, then by the time you just do urgent tasks, you've already done them, you know? So it, it talks about that. So I read a lot of books and it, it's really impacted my life. I've become so knowledgeable on so many issues. And just if you come talk to me, like those, that knowledge spills out. So I really do encourage teenagers to read. It's like, it's the, one of the greatest decisions you can make. Like, if you look at successful people, Elon Musk, they said as a teenager, you'd find him with a book. He would literally devour books, Elon Musk, as a child. When you look at 
Bonang Wahale talks about he developed a voracious reading habit when he looked at anyone. Bill Gates reads 10 books a week, you know, and my life changed when I read the fact that on average, CEOs read 45 books a month. So obviously there is something special about people that read and I wanted to be special like that also. So it led me to read and wow, has it opened my eyes. So I do encourage you, if you're listening now, to at least try read. And don't just read anything. Read about what you're passionate about. Also, you're just going to find it boring and you'll stop. So, um, in conclusion, um, that's me. That's my lifestyle. And um, for me, that's what success is. Um, success to me is doing my best to make sure that I achieve the goals that I've set out for myself. And part of that is reading, you know, because I think being... if. I've heard someone said to me, if you know more than the next person, you're going to do more than the next person. And that's just stuck with me. So, yeah, thank you for listening to this episode. And, yeah, hope you enjoy your day. This podcast was brought to you by the Johannesburg Junior Council in partnership with Red Radio.